Welcome to Small, Medium, Large Hoops Podcast, where you hear all things college hoops from a player's perspective. Here are your hosts, the coach on the court, Luke Collins, the stat sheet stuffer, Drew Miller, and you want to fight, bro, Ryan Van Hook. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, It's our first podcast recording for Small, Medium, Large Hoops Podcast. Really excited about it. We've got a good day for you. Topics today, we're talking about Nigel Hayes and uh, what he has to say about the NCAA and player, thinking the players should be paid to play. Uh, we're going to talk about sleepers and busts of the NCAA, who we got, who's a sleeper, who's a bust. Uh, we're going to make our prediction about the Arms Force Classic, talk about those games, and then we got our, our Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week. More about that later on. Uh, we're real excited about this. You know, it's something we've been working on for a little while, and we're, we're excited to bring a different perspective to college basketball. We want to bring it from a player's perspective. We all have a different take. Um, we played together at a small college, and we're pretty successful. We got Luke Collins, who is the small, the point guard, the coach on the court. Um, he's your guy. I'm Drew Miller. I'm a forward, a stat sheet stuffer guy. And we got Ryan Van Hook, the big, the bad, the mean, the ugly, the center. <laughs> He's, uh, he's the guy always looking for a fight on the court. So you'll hear more about that, mm-hmm. I'm sure, in the, in the podcast to come. But we're real excited about what we have to bring. And uh, we appreciate you being here for the ride with us. Yeah, so let's uh, jump right in. So uh, obviously recently in the news, we've heard a lot about um, NCAA athletes being paid. We've heard Nigel Hayes. We've heard Ben Simmons. Um, as Ben's documentary is about to come out. Um, uh, Ryan, so you think... I mean, you think that these guys should not be paid at all. You think this education is enough. Um, talk talk a little bit about your stance here. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys have different opinions than I do, and I'm, I don't know, just I'm going to rant for a second. The way that I see it, the way that I think it's laid out, I think it's becoming too complicated. Like, there's too many aspects that, you know, different players are looking at, like, oh, we're making this much money for this college or – you know, they're earning this much money off of, you know, our likeness, whatever, Which they are. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, okay. Let's, let's just dumb it down a little bit though. Okay. When you think about it, these players, whatever sport doesn't have to be basketball, doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the top three sports doesn't have to be basketball, football, baseball, whatever. They are getting a free education at most likely a, a very well known, very very big time school. All the all the players who have come out and been complaining about, um, you know, pay for play are going to top notch universities, places where they can get a wonderful, great education. So, what I'm trying to get to, there's not enough emphasis on the value that this education is going to bring them. So, Luke Luke sent the the three of us, an article from that Shane Battier contributed to, you know, he went to Duke, had a very successful career in the NBA. He is a very smart man, knows what he's talking about, was great at basketball. Um, And the way that he put it, the way that I interpreted this article, the coaches don't put enough emphasis on the student athlete aspect of it. They put more emphasis on the athlete. There's more pressure on the athletic side. They're not... These, these kids aren't getting enough time to go be students, to go to football games, go hang out, you know, at restaurants, at bars, whatever it is. 
they're being pressured into having year-round workouts, training, that kind of a thing. And so there's not enough emphasis on the student aspect of it. So I think that these education, this education, there's not enough emphasis on it from the coaches, from the parents, from the players. And this is ultimately going to set them up in – the long run. So I know you guys have different stances. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sure, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna I mean, I'm gonna shut up for a minute, let you guys talk, but then we can come back and we'll we'll see how this sure, all yeah, plays yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. I get it. These kids aren't getting a chance to be students, but they don't want to be students. They want to make money. That's what they're there for. The Ben Simmons, the Nigel Hayes, the Cardell Jones. They didn't play to come school, or they didn't come to play school. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my money. thing about my thing about Nigel though is Nigel. You know, and I understand he's he's saying he's standing up for those with less of a voice, but Nigel's a senior. I mean, he went to the combine last year. He had every opportunity for the last three seasons to go pro. I mean, why is he complaining about you know not being in the NBA when he could have been there? Yeah, that, I mean that's a valid point. But first off, these kids should be able to go from high school straight to the pros. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to. You can do it in any other profession if you're good enough. You don't have to go to college. But second off, you got to pay these guys. I mean, let's let's take it like this. So in 2014, the University of Texas football team generated 152 million dollars. They profited 92 million. Notre Dame 127 million. Tennessee 121 million. So of the 92 million dollars profit that Texas made, they have 113 total players on the roster. That includes red shirts and everybody. So they made nearly a million dollars per player. How much did the kids see of it? <laughs> Nothing. Zero. Nada. But okay, okay. So you're telling me that they're generating that much money and the kids don't get any of it. But, I understand but, they're getting education, they're getting all that. But the, they gotta get paid more than more than that. But okay. I understand what you're saying. I understand they're making this bukus of money. None of it's going to the players. How much how, I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. How much of that money is going to the brand new facilities that they're using to work out and train in, the the brand new uniforms, the brand new shoes, the brand new socks, all this stuff that they're getting for free because they're on scholarship to go to these universities to play whatever, football, basketball, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're getting some of it, but you're telling me that all that costs $92 million? No. I'm not, I'm not saying that it did. Some of that's got to trickle down to the players. I, th- Luke, I think one Luke, of the problems yeah, here Luke, is Luke, I think one of the problems here is you know I think the NCAA gets a bad rap because oh these kids can't go they have to go to a school to school for a year but when you look at it the NBA is making that rule and that's what we forget here is the NBA the CBA is what's requiring these kids to go to school it used to be for three years now it's for a year um, there's been some debate with this new CBA uh, that's about to be you know updated is that it, it could be two years but it's probably going to stay uh, at one year but um, the NCAA really has no leverage here. I mean, they can't require a kid to stay in school. If he stays for a year and the NBA is going to let him go, then, you know, he, the schools can't keep him. Um, so the problem isn't the NCAA, it's the NBA. And for the NBA, there's no reason um, for them to take away the one and done because the one and done is just a free tryout for them. Um, it, you know, it keeps the, it lets them evaluate these kids for eight more months at a higher level of competition to see if they're really what they're, you know, what they're all. Um, but I still out know, I completely agree that there's no pro for there's no pro for the pros essentially. I mean, I would I don't I don't see how allowing that free tryout how they're going to 
be better off and and develop more in college than if they were in the NBA. I mean, even if they went to the D League. The only exception might be if a player that went to play for Kentucky. But you don't have that everywhere. Yeah. These kids are are going and playing against subpar competition on their team, practicing day in and out. Where you could go to any NBA team and practice there for a year, not touch the court, and get head and shoulders better than you would have in college. Except if you're in Philadelphia. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, no uh, argument. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's valid. But I mean, right now that's the NBA. You know, has it at a year. Um, you know, football has it at three years, and it sounds like that's not going to change in this new deal or anytime soon. What I, one, one thing I wanted to bring up is, I think the biggest hypocrisy with it with the NCA is that these kids are not allowed to sell their own autographs, which I understand. Um, boosters could abuse that and um, pay them way too much money for their autographs um, and jerseys and whatnot. But at the same time, the school is making these kids sign autographs and is making profit off those autographs. I think, I think that's, you know, the biggest Pay flaw in this, in this thing. And, and, and people are suggesting, you know, maybe teams have an autograph session. Um, there's a market rate of, you know, $50, $20, whatever it is that each person has to pay. And then and the players split it evenly. Um, something like that, so that you're monitoring it. it. Like Ryan, like Ryan began this conversation, it just gets so convoluted, so um, complicated. It's just so hard. Um, but that doesn't mean, like Niall Hayes is saying, that it just because it's a little complicated, we shouldn't try to, you know, solve some of these issues. It's just, um, I th- I think you almost have to throw out the amateur status in general, and you also have to distinguish between profitable sports and non-profitable sports because, I mean, cross-country runners are losing millions of dollars as a team per year at every school. Almost every baseball team is losing money uh, for each school every year. Um, so there's no way schools could afford. Most of these yeah, – I mean, I mean you, you named three or four schools that made a, made a profit, but there's probably not more than 25 schools that do make a profit in their athletics in general. Most are at a huge deficit. Um, so, you know, it's basically going to paying these guys is going to, uh, decrease the parity in all sports and increase, you know, these dominant schools. And it's, you almost need to create a a conference of paid players and a, you know, a a lesser conference of non-paid because some of these smaller schools are just not going to be able to compete. And I think, you know, speaking specifically in, in, in say basketball, what we love most is the Cinderella stories in March. And you're not going to see that anymore with pay for play. Well, I've got so just kind of going off that, like one. I don't know if it mentioned this in the the article that you were looking at, Drew, but just like, I mean, like out of all those those three schools that you mentioned, that money, like, are is that money strictly staying with the football program, or is that being like, is that for just the athletic department in general? Does it touch on how that money was distributed at all, or is it just with the sport that raised it? I didn't dig into that. I just wanted to see how much money they made and how much money was not going to the players. So I can't answer that question because all I know is that none of it goes to the players, which is absurd. I know for a fact, I mean, with my background in working in college athletics for the past uh, year, year and a half, is that football, I mean, football's writing the check and and covering up all these other sports. I mean, they're funding these other sports. The, The money from football is not staying all in football, yes, these you know massive stadium renovations like Texas A&M, 400 500 million dollars uh, is the bulk of it, but these uh, football programs are bankrolling the lesser sports. Yeah, I mean and that I don't know. 
I mean, it, it just does get so complicated, in my opinion. Like, you know, you can't... I mean, if you're looking at it from strictly just, you're, we're going to pay them, we're not going to pay them. You can't, like, you can't pay football players and then not pay, like Luke said, cross-country runners. I just think... Why not? I just think that, that it just, it takes away from the whole... Are they the going to run cross-country for a living one day? Are, okay, are they going to make a living off football for the rest of their lives? Probably. I doubt it. Highly doubt it. That's the other thing. That that goes into my other point. They're, they need The emphasis needs to be on the education or else these players are just going to end up on the next 30 for 30. Bro- but, if I'm, but if I'm Ben Simmons, and I, and I think that's the point. Ben Simmons is saying I don't care about the education. I'm not going to go to class. But I, but I think uh, the biggest argument there is, hey, Ben Simmons, you could have gone to Europe. The D-League doesn't pay anything but you are allowed to get endorsement deals and you could have gone straight to the D-League at a high school and gone ahead and gotten that multi-million dollar Nike deal right out of high school. And so I think that's going to be interesting. I think that does hurt college basketball, though. Although the one and done does hurt college basketball, these guys not going to college at all is also hurting college basketball. And so this will be interesting um, with the rumors that the D-League salary could be raised uh, threefold to, to close to a hundred grand. Um, and so this could be... Uh, more appealing to some of these top players, um, if they could make a hundred grand that first year and play in the states, um, and then get drafted to the NBA the next year, um, that's that could be an interesting option going forward. Well, if, if they're raising the D League salary, then we need to start training for the D League, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right, so I think um, you know we can all agree that there's um, some work that can be done by the NCAA, but at the end of the day. Um, it's tough with these smaller smaller schools with Title IX and things like that requiring um, everyone to get equal um, benefits. Um, and and the, at the end of the day, the NBA is controlling a lot of these rules. So I, say, I think we need to transition now um, to the season as the season is um, getting underway this week. Um, exhibitions have just finished up. Um, the, the AP poll has just come out uh, and games are starting this Friday. Uh, we've been waiting for this for a while, um, and so I, I think we need to make our predictions here uh, of a team that's in the top ten uh, preseason. Uh, I know we all strongly dislike preseason rankings, um, but yeah, we're talking about them right now. Um, so everybody's gonna, doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Um, so I'm going to go with my team that's in the top ten that I think will not even make the NCAA dance. Um, is Indiana. And yes, I'm cheating. If you're looking at the rankings, they're ranked 12th. I realize that, um, but close enough. Um, so I, I really believe in point guards, obviously, and I, I think that Yogi Ferrell is one of the uh, great college guards um, of the last few years. Um, I think they're greatly going to miss him. Uh, I think the Big Ten schedule is always tough. It's going to be challenging there. Um, they're also going to miss Troy Williams, who's now uh, with the Grizzlies. Um, I know they have do have a lot of talent. That's why they're number 12. Thomas Bryant, I think, will have a great year. Uh, but I'm just not a believer in James Blackman. I think you know they played a lot better once he went down last year. And uh, I think he's sort of a cancer. Uh, he shoots the ball a lot and uh, a little too much, in my opinion. Um, so Indiana, that's my pick for a team that won't even make I the like dance it. this year. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a solid pick. 
Um, I personally have Arizona, and they are in the top ten. They're actually number ten. Um, <laughs> it I, wouldn't have been if uh, the rankings had come out today, though. Well, that's why I picked them, Luke. <laughs> um, I, got, I got Arizona in this exhibition game. They had Ray Smith towards ACL. Um, at the season, he actually came out and said his college career is finished. And it's a big blow to Arizona. I'm not sure how well they were going to recover from that. And then on top of that, you throw in Alonzo Trier and Chance Comanche. Comanche, I'll probably say that wrong. <laughs> um, but they both have academic problems. Go figure, Ryan. They, if they were getting paid, oh, you know, okay. this wouldn't be a big problem. Okay. Um, but they're right now out for academic reason, reasons, they say. Um, Alonzo is just a potential season-long suspension, but Chance is suspended indefinitely by Sean Miller. Don't expect that coming back. Um, anytime yeah. soon, uh, and I—they've only got two scholarship players on their bench. They're going to have serious depth issues. You know, I, I just don't see them being able to hold on for any any length of any length of time. Yeah, I think Trier especially uh, is a big loss if he's going to be out. Um, we're still waiting to see that. And then Ray Smith, uh, you know, inside was a big body that could really move and play. So. I think that's going to be tough. Like you said, the depth, you know, Oregon's going to be really good in the Pac-12. Um, and, you know, life just got tougher for Sean Miller. Mm. Mm. All right. And I got North Carolina. Wow. You guys, you guys are probably going to roast me for this. But wow. yeah. I picked it. Yeah. I picked it, and I'm going to stick to it. That's um, they lost Marcus Page, Bryce Johnson. Those are two big losses to them. They have three returning starters, Joel Berry, Justin Jackson, Kennedy Meeks. But then a guy that they were going to rely on a lot, Theo Pinson, is out 8 to 12 weeks with a broken foot. And I just think that's going to cause them problems to start off with. I mean, not not saying that's going to hurt them in the long run, but just to start off the season, that's going to well, yeah, but you're picking. We're talking about the NCAA tournament here, so yeah. who cares if they play bad for a few weeks? Pinson's going to be back. You still think they're going to struggle in the NCAA tournament? I think they're vulnerable to something like this happening down the road, too. Like, not with Pinson, but just... If another one of their, you know, top five goes down, then they don't have a lot of depth, and it's, it's, you know, something like this could happen, and it would really hurt their chances of making the NCAA tournament. And I just, you, you realize that they played for the national championship and almost won last one three pointer away from winning the whole dance. Yeah, I do. I'm Ryan, sticking with Ryan, the pick. As you know, I am moving a couple hours away from UNC in just a short amount of time, about six weeks here, so. Um, I hope to see up and close and personal uh, the Tar Heels utterly destroy your recent prediction. That's fine. Um, I'm going to make sure that Love we it. bring this one back up in March. That's, that's but, yes. but I will give you I will give you that the ACC is brutally hard this year. People are talking about it as being one of the you know deepest conferences of all time. People are saying, which I don't agree with, that ten or eleven could get in. Um, so lot, you know there's not going to be any easy games. For the Tar Heels. All right, so moving on, I think um, kind of on the flip side, I think uh, this excites me a little more. Um, a team who is sneakily out of the top 25 who will make that, you know, Elite Eight, Sweet 16, make a run in the tournament. Um, Ryan, start us off. I like Cincinnati. Um, they just. Another bold one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going with the bold ones. I mean,. Shout out to Matt Wagner. These yeah, <laughs> these preseason picks are so hard to determine, and so just from everything I've been seeing, I like Cincinnati. Um, they got senior senior guard Troy. I don't even know how to say his last name. Calpin. Um, he's chosen as the preseason player of the year in the American Conference. 
Um, got some big new recruits coming in. Um, Jaron Cumberland, Kyle Washington, um, as well as Gary Clark coming back. Um, I just I like them. I think that that they can get in, make some noise. Um, is your boy still there from Memphis? No, uh, I don't. I don't think he is. I don't see him on the roster. It's probably it's probably why they'll make a run, right? He's, yeah, he's been Addition on the roster for the past like seven years. Um, and so I just they're you know they got some votes to be in the top twenty five. They're just outside the top twenty five, um, fourth in the American Conference. So I like Cincinnati. Man, I like Texas A and M. First off, they're in the SEC, which is always you know hit or miss. I think it's subpar. I think they're going to be good down the stretch. They're going to have some momentum. I really like them because of Tyler Davis, who was uh, coming off a really nice freshman season. He was All-SEC freshman, uh, freshman team. And then they got Admon Gilder, who's also a really nice freshman player last year. I think both of those guys coming off good years. Their second trip uh, through the season, I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be strong. And come, come March, expect them to, I expect them to make a nice run um, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think Tyler Davis is a really strong player to look at. And that, that two spot in the SEC is really up for grabs. Um, interesting uh, – Lipscomb's point guard, who we played against in college, is transferred to A&M, so that'll be interesting watching him, a uh, guy we played against, possibly make a run in March. Um, all right, so my team is Ohio State. Um, they're actually picked 10th out of 14 in the uh, Little Ten, Com- I mean Big Ten Conference. Um, okay. And so, uh, no, I think the expectations um, are a little bit low, which I think will allow them to sneak under the radar. Um, I think the Big Ten has been very strong, and I think it is a still a great conference, um, but I think it could be a little bit down this year. Um, you know, I just think Jayshon Tate, Jaquan Lyle, um, Mark Loving, these guys um, played together last year. I think last year was tough for them because D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, as some one-and-done players do, and we'll debate this um, in the future, I'm sure, um, kind of left that program dry for a year last year, and they really struggled um, in his absence. Um, but I think given another year um, of him being gone, I think they're going to have a strong year. I think Thad Mata um, is proven, um, and I think this team's hungry. They played well in spurts. They were hot late in the year last year. Um, they kind of start off the season with an easier schedule and, um, and then get in playing UConn UCLA, which will be two huge tests, so we'll learn more about them then. Um, so I think that will be an exciting team to watch um, come March. I like it. Absolutely. All right, we want to go into we've got the Armed Forces games coming up. So, well, we don't know when this podcast will be released. We're recording it the Monday before the Armed Forces games. So if you guys listen to it after the games, you know who won. If not, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and make our picks. So, Lukey, who you got? We got the first game, Arizona, Michigan State, and then second game, Indiana, Kansas. Who you got? Yeah, so I think it's really interesting. Uh, this is great matchups, and I think – you know, game one, you just never know. I mean, um, I, I remember our first games every year was just um, just a challenge. You know, you don't know what to expect from the other team. Uh, you've got tons of new pieces that you've practiced with, but just playing is a whole new game. And, and freshmen, you really, you really have no idea until the lights are on how they're going to react uh, to the pressure. Um, it's also interesting that Arizona and Indiana were both teams that two of us picked um, to be overrated. Um, so, yeah, like Drew said, I, I think Michigan State is actually a little bit 
down this year. Um, love Izzo, um, and I think he plays one of the toughest schedules every year. So I think by March they'll be there. Love Miles Bridges. Um, I think he's great. Um, I've watched Josh Langford in high school a bunch. Um, he's from Madison, Alabama. Um, really fun player to watch. This will be an interesting team, Eron Harris. Um, so I think they will pull out a victory over Arizona despite their youth, um, just because of Arizona's depletion. Um, and then the second game, I'm going to go with Kansas. I think Indiana's talented, but I think they're a, a full of roster, you know, OG, Thomas Bryant, um, James Blackman, they all want to be in the league. Um, and I think that selfishness could, um, you know, just erupt and uh, blow up in front of their face. And and I'm going to say it right now, I think Kansas is, is the team to beat this year. Mm. Um, Duke's facing these injuries. They could be um, one of the best teams in a long time, but these this injury bug is really plaguing them. Um, and I just love the backcourt. I think Kansas' backcourt with Graham and Frank Mason the third, um, not to mention Frank Jackson on the wing, um, the stud freshman, um, and they're always good inside. I, I think Kansas is going to have a big year, and I think that starts Friday night uh, in Hawaii. Yeah, I like your picks, and I'm going to kind of go along the same lines uh, in this first matchup, Arizona-Michigan State. Arizona is my team that I picked the, to not make the dance, so I'm going to go along with that and say they're not going to win this game either. <laughs> Um, they're, they're a little decimated injury and the whole academic issue. Michigan State's good year in and year out. I can't pick against Tom Izzo. I think he's going to have his young guys ready. I think they're going to be hungry, and I think they're going to be good. Um, you're right. You know, First game of the season, a lot of things can happen, especially with the Armed Force Classic. You know, We always see that's kind of a different atmosphere and the way teams play. But, man, I, I'm taking Michigan State. I think it's going to be pretty decisive. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 15 to 20 points at least. Uh, that second game, Indiana-Kansas, I agree. I, I love Kansas. Uh, Frank Mason, the third, is one of my favorite players in the in the NCAA this year. He's going to be really good, great defensive player. He's going to shut him down, and he's going to play hard, and I think he's going to lead this team as, as a senior on this team. You know, we like to talk about, you know, do we want a team full of seniors? Do we want a team full of one-and-dones? If I could have a team full of Frank Masons, I think I'd take them. Mm. Um, one and, of my favorite players this and, year. And I think – Kansas kind of has the best of best of both worlds in this case is they've got you know guards in the backcourt um, and, and bigs that are somewhat experienced that were in the rotation last year in Carlton Bragg and Landon Lucas um, and then they have that one stud freshman that they're really going to rely upon so you know it's not four or five freshmen that they're relying on they've got an extremely um, potent and experienced backcourt um, but by the end of the season I think Jackson. Um, is going to really shine and take over with his talent. So they've got the youth and talent, but also the experience to go along with it. Hmm. Um, well, what you got big dumb. I mean, I'm just going to go complete opposite of you guys. So that way either I'm completely right or completely wrong. Um, along with the rest of the podcast, just, just, along yeah. with the rest of the podcast. So I'm just going to go with Arizona over Michigan State, even though I'm a huge Tom Izzo fan, love Tom Izzo. I think he's a great basketball mind, knows how to run a team, knows how to run a program. Um, and then I'll just go with Indiana also. Don't really have reasons to back him up. Just going to pick him because of the opposite of what you dum-dums picked. Well, I think this will be fun because I you know, I don't know if we'll tell our listeners um, specifically, maybe at another later point, but we will have a nice little prize for, for uh, we're going to keep track with these picks and uh, whoever comes in. And last is going to have a nice prize that, that we kind of wager on for whatever we're picking. Um, we've done this for the past, I don't know, five, six years that we've known each other. 
And um, I'm just going to say, Ryan's um, lost the most. And so I fully expect that to continue. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun to see and uh, where this goes. It's the year to turn it around for the whole world to witness. Witness, great, <laughs> witness greatness. All yeah, right. You're, it, documented with, now. With, with that, we are going to go into our final segment. Final and favorite segment, topic, whatever you want to call it. Drew kind of hinted at it at the beginning. Luke came up with this idea. It's a great idea. So here is the name of the segment. It's going to be the Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week. And so kind of lay that out for you. The three of us were from the South, played basketball in the South. We hear a lot about – we heard a lot about Marshall Henderson when he was in his college career – going you know out of his college career he's he's been a hot topic in the south he's been known for his antics his poor decision making off the court um as some of you remember the great gif that came out of the auburn Ole miss game where many fans are making lewd gestures towards marshall henderson and it is a wonderful wonderful gif if you have not seen it please google it um and so the, we're just going to give this award out to one person every week, every two weeks, whenever we release a podcast. Um, we're all going to pick somebody, and it's basically just going to be somebody who was a bonehead this week, somebody who did something stupid, somebody big dumb was, idiot, somebody that shacked in a fool, somebody who was shacked in a fool and a big dumb idiot. And so I'll start us off. My pick for this week, I'm going to give it to the man himself, Marshall Henderson. I think he deserves to win his award if we're naming it after him. Honestly, he hasn't really done anything that's been in the spotlight lately that is, you know, that comes close to his antics at Ole Miss. The only thing I could find is he's had some fire tweets lately, some fire tweets. He tweeted a while ago about how he's voting for the person who is going to implement the lowest taxes because he wants all his money, all the money. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of wondering if, if uh, Marshall's heartbeat is still beating or if someone's tweeting for him, because um, for him not to act up or to be in the news in the last, you know, maybe it's because he's been playing in Iraq the past few years, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just haven't heard much, but a uh, great pick there uh, for the namesake himself, Marshall so, Henderson. So he also, the, he also said that, and here's the spin zone. He had another tweet, which may be a good idea. We're not going to get into it. He had a spin zone. His tweet said he tweeted back in March. The presidential election should be selected by a celebrity death match, and I kind of agree with him. Yeah, we're, we're on the eve of, eve of the election here, and we're not getting into politics, but maybe, maybe Marshall should run next, next time. Uh, I don't know if he's old enough, but... Marshall for president. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so my Marshall Henderson uh, pick of the week, squid of the week... Uh, we're kind of doing the off season here. I'm taking Derrick Rose. Man is just a fool. He's a fool. <laughs> so he can't take his ACT and he can't figure out what a super team is because he didn't create one. He uh, likes he likes I Skittles probably, though. If you listed all the st- if you listed all of the starting point guards in the league right now, I don't think he's in the top half of mine. And you can't take a below half starting point guard and put him on a team and call it a super team. You can't do it, Derrick Rose. <laughs> Yeah, along, I mean, along, yeah. Al- along with that, what are you doing on your nightlife? You and three buddies and one girl? I I don't want to get into any details, but I'm kind of still trying to figure that one out. 
Is he hurt yet? Get out of the spotlight. Is he hurt yet? Oh, probably. Get out of the spotlight. Shut your mouth. Play some basketball and win some games. Try to make it the whole season without getting hurt. Yeah, I, I think he's my Marshall Anderson squad of the week. You know, if we're if we're making predictions, uh, which we have been throughout this show, I'm going to go out and say by the time this podcast is on iTunes, um, that he's probably out for the season. Let's let's you, let's document. Okay, so it's being recorded. We are recording this podcast Monday, November seventh. The time is approximately nine thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. And and I don't know if that's more bold of me to say that he's going to be hurt or if he's not going to be hurt. So maybe maybe it's, you know, not bold of me to say he's going to be hurt, but that's what I'm going with. Um, to wrap this thing up, I'm going to go with the Wildcat himself, Derek Willis. Mm. Another great video, um, if you're looking uh, for great videos from this past offseason um, to get you excited about this weekend. Um, yeah, Derek... Uh, Willis found by cops laying on the ground. Um, he, he and his girlfriend were there and, and didn't know how they had gotten there. Um, yeah, not not a good sign. Um, as, especially when five-star freshmen are coming in. It's just not a good sign for Derek uh, Willis. Mm. Uh, maybe that's why he was drinking. Uh, we don't know. But it looks like he's going to see the, see the bench a little more uh, because of that. At least you would hope, but you never know with Calipari. So, true. Derek Willis is my choice of the squid of the off season. Well, there we go. That about wraps it up for our first show. Um, anybody got any closing remarks, closing statements? Woo pick, baby. It's been fun. Let's do it again in a couple weeks. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we have a Twitter account. Please follow us on Twitter. We will be more active there. Um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Oh, our Twitter account is at SML Hoops. Um, and just, we appreciate you tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your, tell your kids. If you got kids, tell them, listen. Um, that about wraps it up. Go Cubs go. We out. <laughs>